0: God is a God of restoration, and I believe that what God wants to do in 2021 is He wants to do a great bringing, not back to what it used to be, but restoring it to what it's never been before. I believe God wants to leverage all that we've experienced individually, as families, as a church, as a community, as a world, as a culture. I believe he wants to do a great work. And I believe that this year of restoration
1: is all about that. There's something about a makeover show that just draws you in. Whether they're restoring cars, houses, or even people, it's fun to watch those amazing transformations. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shares that God wants this year to be one of restoration in your life. Last year was hard in so many ways, but God wants to do a work in your life, your family, and your community in the year to come. He'll transform your life as you simply respond to Him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Jeremiah chapter 29, as he begins his message, a year of restoration. Jesus.
0: So I like everybody, love that show Fixer Upper. Everyone know that show? I mean, I'm not really like a, a, a restoration kind of a person. You can't get me to build anything, really, unless I'm making myself a cake with Twinkies on top. But like, you know, I remember Lynn, my bride, started watching that show Fixer Upper. And I remember like, she's like, oh, you got to watch the show. You're going to love this, you know, this husband and wife team. And she's explaining to me their personalities and, and how, you know, he's a builder and she's an interior decorator and they, and they buy, These houses and they build them up for people and they make them beautiful. And I remember just being, oh yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. And I've heard of these type of shows, but it was never really my my kind of thing until you know how it goes. All of a sudden, you know, maybe your spouse is watching something on TV and you're in the kitchen or whatever, and you're and you're kind of starting to catch yourself watching it, right? And, And sure enough, this happened, and I'm watching the show and I'm cracking up because you know, not only the dynamics of Chip and Joanna Gaines, she's very serious. She's got a great eye for detail. He's kind of a, a nut, you know, which I, as a husband, I could super appreciate that. But really, you know, and I'm just enjoying the banter and all the things that are going on. But then, of course, what you start to realize is that you get captivated by, I wonder what they're going to do to make this house look extraordinary, right and, and, and sure enough as all these things are going on by the time you get to the end of the program and you know you're kind of invested in the house and in the people who are buying the house and in the Gaines family and all this stuff and by the end there's that, there's that great scene are you ready to see your fixer upper and they have like what it looked like before and then they pull these huge things back and then people see their house and everybody cries and they yips and they get excited and they start crying and then and, and they take them through the entire house and you know and really literally for like 10 seasons this is what they did every single a week, but it, it totally captivates you because you can see where something is where it is, but then with some hard work and some vision, before you know it, things can land in places that you never quite expected. And then also don't miss the fact part of the beauty of the Fixer Upper TV show is also the relationships and watching the dynamics of a couple and, and, and the way that they work together and with these different couples. Now, I bring all this up because it's a brand new year. I didn't have to tell anybody that. Everybody knows that, right? And in a lot of ways, right now as it's where, you know, we're in the beginning of 2021, everyone can say, hallelujah, it's not 2020 anymore, right? Because everyone says, I would say, Hallelujah. It's not 2020 anymore. I saw somebody online, they were selling a, they called it a 2020 commemorative candle. And it was so funny because it's a dumpster with a candle in the middle of it. And I thought to myself, like, oh, that's really smart, you know, because for a lot of us, I mean, 2020 was just not what any of us expected. I mean, everything that went on and, and a lot of these things that are going on, we're still in the middle of. It's not like because the calendar change, uh, a global pandemic is over. It's not like COVID-19 is just gone, even though now we have, you know, uh, vaccines rolling out, you know, better medicine, all these different things are going on, you know, but there were so many things that went on this year. We had a quite contentious presidential election, you know, and then uh, social unrest, uh, you know, issues with race in our country, all these different things that are going on. And and I look back on 2020 and I thought to myself, man, that was not what I was expecting. But in the midst of all that went on, one of the things that we said a lot as a staff, I talked about it a lot in the different series that we did, is that we don't want to come out the other end of all that's going on the same as when we went in. Right, God wants to do something. And in a lot of ways, as we began praying about, okay, what's gonna be our vision for this brand new year? Because every year we ask God, God, what's a specific vision you can give us? I mean, there's all the things that we know that we're supposed to be doing all the time as believers. But we started saying to ourselves, You know, Lord, what is it that you would have for us to do and be in this new year? And the reason we do this is because, of course, the Bible teaches that without a vision, my people perish. And I think it's an important thing because we live our lives and we make decisions based on the vision that we have. Now, I'm going to tell you whether you articulate your vision for your life or not, it's still the vision that you have. If you're like, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. That is a vision right? Or if you say, listen, in this year or in this season, these are the things that I want to accomplish. Either way, there's a, a vision that you're walking out. And so we always say, hey, Lord, what is it that you want to do? And, and as we started praying and seeking the Lord, um, and for me, it's always beautiful because God begins to speak always in the midst of our prayer and fasting seasons, for the last number of years, as we've been doing those seasons of prayer and fasting, whether we're doing a 21-day fast or a 30-day fast or, you know, we do all these different things, when we're doing those things, always by the end of it, God starts to give me some vision for the next year. And I'm always like, oh Lord, I look forward to those times. I can't wait to see what you're gonna share with me. And so here around Crossroads, we're gonna be calling 2021, this new year, a year of restoration, a year of restoration. Now, when you think about that word restoration, it really can have two different meanings. The first meaning, of course, is to bring something back to its former condition. Like so really what you're doing is you're restoring something exactly back to what it was. You could see that example of this when they try and do some restoration on a famous piece of art, right? They really the the restorer of this Famous piece of art, their job is to actually completely recreate what's already there. Maybe you're touching it up. You're bringing it back to the way it used to be before maybe time or whatever has had an impact on it. But then also, the second meaning of restoration is restoring it to an improved condition. You're not bringing it from what it used to be back to that. Now you're bringing it from what it used to be to something so much better. And in a lot of ways, that TV show Fixer Upper really shows that. They're not trying to restore these homes that they're buying to its former condition, but they're really trying to bring it to something it's never been. Now, in a lot of ways, for us here at Crossroads, we believe that 2021, not only for us as a church, but for each one of us as individuals and for our families and for our community, our world, it's going to be a year of restoration because 2020 was pretty devastating, No matter what your experience of it was, when you have businesses that have been shut down, you have kids who have been distant learning, you have churches that were unable to to be open, you you have the loss of loved ones, all these different things have gone on. There has been a kind of a falling apart in some ways in different areas of our lives. And we believe that God is a God of restoration. And I believe that what God wants to do is he wants all of us to step on in to what he has for us. And so we really believe that this is a theme. And in order to understand this, there's a scripture that got really laid on my heart about this. This is Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. Jeremiah 29 verses 10 to 14. It's a very famous passage. Many people you, you, oh yeah, Jeremiah 29:11. But in the context of what's going on, it's a very, very powerful section. Listen to what it says, Jeremiah 29 verse 10. It says, "For thus says the Lord, "After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place." For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you says the Lord and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Now to put all this in context you have to realize that the analogy of what went on that the Lord is speaking about through Jeremiah and our experience in 2020 with the pandemic and these different things are it's not a perfect analogy. In the biblical context God had told the children of Israel all the way back in the book of Deuteronomy that if they followed his ways, then he would be able to bless them. And if he, they did not follow his ways, then they would get the natural ramifications of their rebellion against God and that things would go bad. There'd be these cursings. And sure enough, when you read the books of uh, 1 and 2 Kings and First and Second Samuel, 1 and Second Chronicles, all these books, it shows the children of Israel really struggling to follow the Lord. And then sure enough, All these things went on. And one of the things that went on for the two southern tribes, what we commonly call Judah, the Babylonians came. And God raised up the prophet Jeremiah to say, actually, the Babylonians are here because I asked them to come here and I want you to go there because I'm gonna kick you off the land for 70 years. The reason God was gonna kick them off the land for 70 years is the children of Israel didn't honor the land Sabbaths. They're every seventh year letting the land lay fallow and the Lord's like, hey, you actually owe me 70 Sabbaths so I'm gonna actually send you off the land and God used the Babylonians to do that. But God's plan wasn't only to bring the Babylonians so that the land could lay fallow, but God's plan was also to do a work of restoration for the children of Israel. And really, Jeremiah is part of telling them, listen, the Babylonians are coming. But then, what it says here is that the Lord tells Jeremiah tell the people, listen, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I'm going to visit you and I'm perform my good word towards you, and I'm going to cause you to return to this place. So he begins by saying there's a predetermined time for all this to go on, but then after that time is done, then I'm gonna come, I'm gonna visit you and I'm gonna do the things that I promised to do to you. Now, why is God gonna do that? Verse 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now I love this because it'd be really easy to think and a lot of people right now are struggling with all that's been going on saying, doesn't God have a good plan for us? Guess what he does? God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil because God wants to give us a future and he wants to give us a hope. But in order for God to do the work he wants to do, he uses and leverages our mistakes and all the issues of our culture and our world. And so sure enough, he says, When that happens, then we're going to call upon him and we're going to go and we're going to pray to him. And then he's going to listen to us. And he says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. See, something was going to happen in the hearts of the children of Israel while they were in Babylon, that all of a sudden their hearts were going to be inclined to the Lord. They were going to seek after the Lord. They were going to call upon him. They were going to seek after him with all of their hearts. And when they did that, God saying, hey, you're going to find me when you do that. And in a lot of ways, I think that all that we've gone through as a culture, all that we've gone through as a church, it's caused a lot of us to seek God like we never have before. It also has caused, unfortunately, a lot of us to stop seeking God. Just trying to deal with all that's going on. But but listen, when we seek God and we search for him with all of our hearts... Then we're going to find him. And it says, and I will be found by you. Says, Lord, I will bring you back from your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've driven you and I will bring you back to this place to which I called you to be carried away. See, really what he's saying is like, you've been away, but I'm gonna bring you back and then I'm gonna do this work. I'm gonna restore you to the land and I'm gonna restore all that's going on. And obviously the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and all the subsequent books. And obviously at the time of Jesus, the children of Israel were still in the land. So our God is a God of restoration. And I believe that what God wants to do in 2021 is he wants to do a great bringing, not back to what it used to be, but restoring it to what it's never been before. I believe God wants to leverage all that we've experienced individually, as families, as a church, as a community, as a world, as a culture. I believe he wants to do a great work. And I believe that this year of restoration is all about that. Now, to kind of get into some more specifics, we're really gonna be looking through this in kind of three different areas. First, We're going to be looking at restoring the soul. You know, we want to be restoring the soul. So really what this is talking about is that us as individuals, I think that 2020 has had a a, a very, I mean, and not only do I think this, I mean, the research is bearing it out right now, has had a significant impact on just human happiness and human feelings of wholeness. If you look around, almost everyone I know is struggling. I mean, I've never seen more than I do right now. People saying, hey, it's it's okay to not be okay. I think with everything that's gone on, I think there has been a hardening in a sense of the souls of a lot of people. People have gotten callous towards God. People have gotten callous towards their family members. I mean, divorce rates are, are shooting through the roof right now. Children are struggling right now. You know, all these different things are going on. I think that the the divisiveness of the presidential election. I think the presidential election just kind of gave a, a stage for the fleshliness of our culture. And, and, and literally people don't know how to talk to one another anymore. That's why so much here at Crossroads I've been, I've been really pressing on as Christians. We hold our politics personally and passionately, but Jesus always calls us to love. He always calls us to be joyful and peacemakers. He always calls us to be gentle and kind right? But what I've found is that in a lot of ways, all the pressure and all the stress and all the uncertainty and all the fear and all the political things, it's really done major damage on people. And so we're going to be focusing as a church family on rebuilding both wholeness and happiness in our own lives. This reminds me, of course, of Third John verse 2, a classic verse, which says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your souls prosper. See, I love this. God is interested in wholeness for all of us, for, for us to prosper in every area of our life, not just in the spiritual things. It's not like, well, listen, you know, you're born again, you're ready for heaven, and then, you know, your relationships, they're rough, and, and the way you treat people you don't agree with, that's all messed up, and, you know, your, your finances are all jacked up, and your, all, your physical health's all jacked up. No, God wants us to prosper in all ways just as we're prospering spiritually, So the question for each one of us is, what does it look like for you to restore your soul? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think to yourself right now, when was a time when I was doing spiritually better than I'm doing right now? Now, for all of us, I'm sure we're going to go, oh yeah, then. What were you doing then? This is Jesus' counsel to the the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter two. He says, you know, you're doing all these things, but... I have this against you, you've left your first love. And he says, I want you to to repent and I want you to return. I want you to do the first works again. So was there a time when you were spiritually more vibrant than you are right now? God wants to do a work there in each one of our lives. Now, I I do want to say this because I I think it's important to say, you know, it is a, this is a message about what the Lord, we believe the Lord is doing, but also about the Crossroads family. I just want to thank all of you I realize that 2020, as we're moving into 2021, it's been a very complicated year. And by and large, as a church family, we have done, you have all done so amazing. Like me and the other pastors on our staff, our, our board, you've been really extraordinary. You know, I've talked to lots of pastors and lots of churches have gotten ripped apart. Lots of people have been very, very angry. And, and, and so many of you have done such an extraordinary job of being flexible. You know, we've asked you to do things that maybe you wouldn't do for yourself and you don't know that we should, but you're willing to do that. And I just want to personally thank you for that. In the midst of that though, also had a lot of people get very, very upset with me and very, very upset with us. Got, uh, I got more angry correspondence in 2020 than I have in my entire ministry life. And it's a small percentage and I'm not looking for pity, but like You know, I'm sorry that all that went on went on, but what I am constantly learning from Jesus is that when I resist what God is doing, whether I like it or not, I always have to find someone to get angry at. And I realized that for many people, I, I might be an easy target because I say, oh, okay, listen, we're going we're gonna to meet in a big top for the summertime, or we're going to ask you to wear masks or whatever it is. And so I want to just thank you because really by and large, by percentages, it's been like we're doing great as a church and God is doing huge things. And even in the midst of all of this, but I also realize that right now people are really feeling pretty crispy. People are feeling pretty fried. And so I want to encourage you, what does it look like for you to restore your soul? Now listen, it's a brand new year, so are you reading through the Bible with us? It's right there on the Crossroads mobile app. We have a Bible reading plan. We want you to read along that can read it to you. Listen, as we're starting this year, one of the best ways that we want to help you restore your soul, we want everybody in a community group. I want you to make a plan. What's your vision to restore your soul? I'll be honest with you. There's been a number of things that I've had to do over the last year just to keep myself feeling vibrant spiritually in the midst of all the stuff that's going on. But you have to have a plan. And as a church family, we want to come alongside of you. We want to join you in what God wants to do because God doesn't want to just be like, man, there was a time when I was really doing good spiritually and now maybe not so good. But really, what we want is we want to say, God, there might be a time when I, I thought I was doing spiritually better, but Lord, what does your vision for me having a restored soul look like? What does it look like for me to walk in that future and a hope what does it look like for me to seek you and search for you and pray for you so that i might find you lord so we want to focus on restoring the soul the second step for us is we want to really work on restoring the family we want to work on restoring the family now, what I mean by that is we always talk here at Crossroads about how God brings us from an individual and then he invites us into something greater and then something greater. And so in God's plan and in God's economy, the restoration of a, of a soul, of an individual, then leads to a restoration or a fresh work that God wants to do to bring to an improved condition the next layer and that would be our families. Now I'm speaking specifically of working on doing a great rebuild of our homes and also of our church family. So God invites us not only to be individuals but then he invites us into the next layer which would be our physical, our biological families, our, our, our tribe, the people that we spend a lot of time with, and then also our church family. And, and, I, and I mean this in the sense that because of all that's gone on, we have a great rebuild ahead of us. Whether it's a personal rebuild, restoring our souls, but then the rebuild of what does it look like to help our families to function better? All the stress, the distant learning, all these different things, it's put a lot of stress on our homes. It's put a lot of stress on our churches. And God wants us to be up for the rebuild to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want to do? And so as I was thinking about God's desire for a family that's restored, of course, I thought about that beautiful passage in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four to nine. It says, hear, O Israel, "'The Lord our God, the Lord is one, "'and you shall love the Lord your God "'with all your heart and with all your soul "'and with all your strength. "'And these words which I command you today "'shall be in your heart. "'You shall teach them diligently to your children. "'And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house "'and when you walk by the way, "'when you lie down and when you rise up. "'You shall bind them as a sign on your hand "'and they shall be as the frontlets between your eyes.' You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now you think about that. It's the great Shema prayer. Hear, that's the word Shema. When it says, hear, O children of God, those who are governed by God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. And that God you should love with all that you are, heart, soul, strength, and mind. Of course, Jesus grabbed that and he rolled that out. as is the greatest commandment. And then he says, your word that i command you shall be in your heart. So we talked about all of that as part of restoring the soul, us worshiping more, seeking the Lord, being in his word, growing.
1: Jesus is real. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Pastor Daniel will have much more to share next time. But right now, I'm going to tell you something exciting. Are you ready? Next week on February 16th, Pastor Daniel's latest book releases. It's called Crazy Happy, and he's going to change your outlook on life. Here's Pastor Daniel himself to tell you all about it. Thanks, Josh. I can't believe we're here. Next
0: week is the release of my new book, Crazy Happy, Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. And I'm here to tell you, it's a life-changing exploration of the beautiful life God created us for and how you can take steps to experience true, lasting joy and happiness no matter what you're going through. So check it out. It releases next week, but you can pre-order today and be one of the first to get a copy. There's no doubt that we all need long-lasting happiness in our life, and I'd love to help you get there. Josh is here to tell you more about how to grab your copy.
1: It's going to be so great to read this book and apply it to our lives. There's still time to pre-order too. Just go to danielfusco.com to find a list of where you can get your own copy. There's some other promotions and bonuses happening for pre-orders too. So check out the website today. Again, that's danielfusco.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.